Data storage has come a long way from the punch cards of 1725. But while we have certainly improved the technology on all counts, performance, availability, security, reliability, the scale at which we create data continues to surpass how efficient we can be at managing data growth. Business expect double-digit growth in the next two years for many storage technologies. One analyst forecasts that by 2022, an additional 20% of companies plan to use cloud storage infrastructure. Now, in today's Podchats for Future CIO, we speak to Charles Chow, Director of Sales Engineering for Commvault, on the challenges and opportunities facing IT teams in managing data post-COVID. Charles, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Hey, Alan. Thanks for having me. Let's deep dive into this. Can you give us a brief update on data storage in the last couple of years and where we stand today? Where do I start? I mean, let's kind of go back a little bit in time. I'll give you a short timeline of how data storage evolved over the years, right? So way back when, you know, storage was often confined within a premise of a single server computer like our laptops. And over time, I mean, with the dot-com boom, obviously data centers grew exponentially. I mean, like you just mentioned, you know, it became hundreds and thousands of servers. And over time, what tend to happen was that the individual storage silos that was in each and every individual server initially kind of created a whole bunch of silos and wastage. Hence the start of the novel idea of having consolidated pool of storage and what we fondly known today as the storage area network or SAN. Right? Obviously the SAN were built to drive efficiency and of course that all the data is in a single location where every single app lived on it. So they thought, hey, maybe it's a good idea to build redundancy and a whole bunch of performance with it. And that remained a novel idea for quite a few years. Back then, I, I'm sure you also remember only the large enterprises could afford a SAN. So it didn't really take off for a long time until probably one technology changed it forever. And that technology and that company is VMware, right? So VMware introduced a uh, virtualization of the data center and essentially that propelled SAN adoption to the masses and the rest is history like some would say. And to your point, you know, over the time, various improvements to storage will has happened from the protocol to interface changes to unification of storage types. That's kind of all happened very, very quickly in probably the last 10 years or less than that, slightly less than that. And it was happy days, right, for many years uh, for, for the guys who worked in the SAN world. Also, in the last 10 years, what we also saw was a slight decline or what we called the monolithic storage which is sand storage. I remember vividly back then, I was still working for a storage vendor and we were like going, data is exponentially still growing. How is it possible that the sand storage was declining, right? It just didn't make sense. And um, I also remember speaking to a customer back then and we presented how we were talking about marginal gains on, you know, our storage subsystems and our sand storage. And the customer just came back to me and said, hey, you know what? We are looking for good enough storage that fits the budget. I think it was around 2015 or 2016 that was the rise of the software-defined storage era. And it's also what hyper-converged systems were built on. I was quite fortunate to catch the early run in the hyper-converged play of VMware, and suddenly we were taking up close to 25% of all storage in major data centers in a short span of perhaps three or four years. Suddenly, the good enough storage was riding high. And in parallel and almost under everybody's nose, the software-defined storage revolution also kind of took flight at the hyperscalers and the cloud providers. And as enterprises became more comfortable with the software software-defined storage uh, adoption in the data center, cloud storage also kind of reaped the, the benefits of lower barrier of adoption when it comes to SDS. So what's in store for the future of data storage? It's a little hard to say because much of the development that I've just discussed, like I mentioned, also kind of probably happened in the last 10 years or so. And there's still so much that's being developed in the storage world that we are actually not aware of. But regardless of how much has changed, if I may sum it up, the ask from data storage remains fairly consistent. We are all about the need for scalable, performant, and highly available architectures. 
In terms of the biggest pitfalls around data management strategies, what would you say are today the biggest pitfalls that have occurred, particularly in the last couple of years? Over the years, I think many of the pitfalls were centered or revolved around the three tenets that we just discussed, right? Scalability, performance, and availability. Uh, when we ran into scalability issues, we built bigger boxes. We had performance challenges, we built faster drives, and uh, of course, we introduced flash devices in more recent times. When we had availability issues, we built in more redundancy, and the list goes on. It was almost always, always a hardware issue. Having said that, the most challenging issue in the more recent years for data storage specifically is around security. It's not to say that security has never been important, but rather sometimes or often taken for granted. For one, historically, storage systems are often lived on an isolated network or an environment. Uh, it probably even sits in the dark con corner of a data center. It chugs along for years unnoticed in it because it just works. So here's a true story. I had a customer one time when I worked with, when we were trying to diagnose an issue with a storage, he couldn't remember where the storage was located because it generally didn't fail for the last 10 years, right? So yes, data is somewhat sexy, said no one ever. It's just like, you know, when the stuff just works, yeah, I mean, nobody really cares too much about it. And for years, short of getting into the data center or pulling out cables or taking a hammer to it, you know, it was as secure as can be because it was just isolated, like I mentioned. However, today's definition of data storage is not so much the storage in itself, but we are looking at the data. And as many storage providers transition themselves more into the data stack, they realize that there's still a lot to be done when it comes to security. What's important to note also is that security is not just a technology challenge. It's very much a people and process challenge in most cases. For example, many enterprises are busy moving their data into the cloud the past two years or so because of the pandemic. Uh, while technology and improvements in data migration is more advanced than it was years ago, I still see countless enterprise fall into the trap of not properly classifying data before moving into the cloud or not setting up proper processes in the migration and dangerously assuming that the cloud is just a business model change. Often many unknowingly replicate issues that they didn't exist on premise straight onto the cloud. So the question is, do you know the data, what it contains? Is it compliant with privacy laws or sovereignty laws? Is it governed differently? And, and the list goes on, right? Historically, on premise, there's this false sense of security or rather sense of security that you police the boundaries of your data center. So hence, everything within it is safe. Now that it's sitting somewhere else in the public cloud, can you run with the same assumption? So that's really food for thought for some of the CIOs. Now, we remain optimistic that the pandemic will eventually recede, or as uh, some people around the world say, it's going to be endemic. What is the future of data management and why is it important to the CIO? Um, it's imperative to protect and secure manage data for most enterprises today. And with, with the rapid cloud and SaaS-based adoptions, CIOs must particularly be mindful of organizational data risk and continue to strengthen their approach towards data management protection. It's going to sound really cliche, but data is indeed the lifeblood of business today. So data generated and moved from on-premise to cloud and back again creates what we call a multi-generational data sprawl across the enterprise. So multiple data silos across the environment also introduces the risk to entire operations and potentially compromise business functionality. From the topic of cyber threats, right? Or cyber, I mean, cyber attacks are very real. Let's let's be very clear about this. Just because it isn't always reported or it's not reported widely uh, in some cases, doesn't mean it isn't happening. If you know how to pull up detailed logs from your home router, you'll be very, very concerned because you know you don't actually know how many attackers are 
may not have been hammering at your door, just at home. And I've not even started talking about targeted attacks on the enterprise. So cyber attacks put every enterprise across every sector at risk. All of us have data that is valuable to us in some form or shape. So the recent ransomware and uh, epidemic has brought light to the damage that it can be done through these attacks, obviously, and data could be encrypted and rendered useless at any time. And this results in the interruptions of business operations. I mean, I'm sure you heard about the colonial pipeline attack, you know, that caused a shutdown of oil pipeline operations. Uh, disruption to the cheese supply in Netherlands. Disruption to uh, the meat supply lines uh, for, I think, I believe it was JBS Foods. So can you imagine no cheeseburgers for the rest of the world, right? I mean, that 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 is truly a disaster in my, in, in my view. Some decided, hey, you know what? Maybe it's best that I just pay for the ransom. So not too long ago, I remember reading an article on Future CIO, interestingly enough, about a survey that shows how APEC businesses have been more inclined to pay for these ransomware attacks. What is often not known, though, is that even if you did pay for the ransom, it is not guaranteed you'll be getting your data back. There's always a rise of this double extortion schemes where criminals ask for seconds after you know victims have paid for it. So long story short, it's not a matter if you get hit, it's really a matter of when you get hit. Unfortunately, despite all the claims out there, there isn't a silver bullet to fix all your security challenges. Therefore, it's actually very essential for organizations to take preemptive layered security approach and also robust data protection strategies to handle such breaches. Recognizing that technology is evolving, how data is created, used, and regulated, can you have a data management strategy that is going to be resilient to changes that are occurring? I mean, from the point of data management, I believe that enterprises need to you know, practice good data management from the get-go. It can no longer be an afterthought. For a long time, it is always, hey, you know what? Let's deal with it when it comes. Thinking ahead on data protection is essential also to secure and recover fast in any potential usable format, no matter what happens. So with the whole notion of multi-cloud infrastructure where you have you know, data sets living on SaaS platforms, data living on cloud, data living on premise, how do you then you know, manage all this data silo, so to speak? So it's actually really a good time to consider managing your data holistically. So de- trying to deploy capabilities that manage data across all platforms, like what I mentioned, across on-premise SaaS, cloud, hyperscalers, containers, et cetera, et cetera, not as individual silos. A consistent data management platform across all workloads, regardless of where it lives, is actually very, very crucial for the future. So this includes confidential, sensitive data where handling and processes must comply to data protection and sovereignty policies as well. So for the CIOs, they also need to kind of realize that Data management involves not just the technology, but very much the people and process. So aside of putting in place all necessary processes and technology, the onus is on the CIOs to establish the right protocols to protect critical data. So they need to take stock of data quality and accuracy. For example, you know, make sure, you know, clean data, like some say, rubbish in, rubbish out. Good data hygiene, making sure that there's no... uh, duplication of data. And all this will streamline data management and um, security enforcement. Equally important for CIOs, uh, they must also inculcate a culture of risk awareness throughout all layers of the enterprise. We have discussed a lot about technology today, but CIOs need to also start focusing on the people. This is achieved through adequate education around data risk and also providing training on data handling and security. So at the end, educating employees can go a long way in you know, keeping the front line of the defenses of the business strong. Charles, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me. That was Charles Chow, Director of Sales Engineering at Commvault, on the challenges and opportunities facing IT teams in managing data post-COVID. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. 
We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcast for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcast for Future CIO. Bye for now.